Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast? If you have, the best answer for doing one is Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, posting, and distributing your podcast. Anchor is available to download for your Apple or Android devices, or you can go to anchor.fm. Best of all, it's 100% free and so easy to use. So what are you waiting for? If you want to start your own podcast, download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. Anchor, the best way to make your podcast. is the Mofobo Network Podcast, bringing you the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. Now, here's your host, Neil Villapiano. What is going on, everybody? My name is Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Mofobo Network Podcast here on Anchor. Spotify, or wherever the heck you listen to podcasts. As always, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. It really does mean a lot to me. The, the weather by me is not really great. Uh, hopefully the weather's better where everyone else is. But nonetheless, as always, we have a bunch to get through and a bunch to talk about. And today we're going to talk about hockey. But no, we are not going to be discussing, you know, more about the playoff format or anything like that. We're going to be talking about something that's kind of near and dear to my heart, even though I'm not an Islanders fan. I'm, I'm a Devils fan, in case anybody wants to know. Um, but I have many friends that are Islanders, fan, Islanders fans, including our very special guest today. And I'm going to read a quick bio from her. She is, I think, our, I think you can make a case as probably the biggest New York Islanders fan on the planet. I don't think there's anyone else that I know that loves the Islanders more, and knows more about them. I mean, from the point where she could just talk, you know, Islanders hockey with the best of them. I mean, really. And she's a third-generation Islanders fan, and she is the host of Kim in the Crease podcast, and she apparently says that she will return, or I don't know if it, I don't know if it has returned, uh, when hockey is back, but hockey is coming back. But it is a pleasure to have on somebody who I became friends with just a little over a year ago, yeah. and I've had the pleasure of of being around her a couple of times, and that is Kim Moisa. Kim, thank you so much for hey, coming up, on the podcast. How you doing? I'm doing well. Um, weather's a little bit better by me, but <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you're obviously up in Long Island, so I was mad. I was going to ask if the weather's any better by you. It is a little bit. I see some sun. You know, I see oh, some okay. sun through the window. So there we yeah. go. Yeah, New Jersey doesn't get a whole lot of love when it comes to Mother Nature. So no, it's we not. Have that. We have that unfortunately, but. The big thing that I wanted to talk about with you, Kim, because I found this out a couple of days ago, like everybody did, that apparently the Islanders' greatest home, I mean, let, I'm just going to be honest, like this place is phenomenal and it's probably one of the greatest, you know, places for a hockey game in the NHL. And that is the Nassau Coliseum apparently is not going to be basically around anytime soon because the former Brooklyn Nets owner, and I'm also a Nets fan, and I never liked this guy, yeah. uh, Mikhail Prokhorov, is looking to pretty much move on from that. 
and officially move on from the New York, you know, the Brooklyn, New York, you know, sports type of situation. And there's a huge amount of debt, which I did not know was the case. But the problem is, is that the new arena that the Andres is getting, which is called, I believe, Belmont, right? It's called Belmont yes. Arena. Yep. So they. I know. As of now, there's no official name for it, but we know it as Belmont Park Arena. Right. Because I knew that they didn't have a sponsor just yet. So I was, yeah. I was figuring that they were going to change the name. But that's not going to be ready for what they say, another two years, year and a half? Uh, it's going to be ready, yeah, by the 21 22 season. Right. So now all of a sudden, the Islanders are in a situation where, okay, where the heck are they going to play like their home games next season? You know, forget this year because obviously everyone's going to be playing in Vegas or Chicago or Montreal, whatever the, wherever the hell they decide to actually have, you know, the play-in games and just the playoffs in general. But, Kim, I saw that you went on, you know, Twitter Live when you found out about it, and you had a lot to say, and I want to give you the floor to kind of express your feelings, even a couple of days after the fact that you heard about this, and what are your feelings towards the decision that has been made? when you when you you just like suddenly people my phone just started blowing up and I was like what is going on and my friends like what do you feel about this how are you feeling about this and I'm like about what (laughs) and uh to get that kind of news it's just like because like as an Islanders fan you take little victories um so waking up (laughs) so waking up and you're like you know what we're in the coliseum next year we got a plan all the way to belmont finally things are going our way and i'm like you know what finally we got a plan everything's working out you know people can shit on us and they can shit on our new arena and stuff like that and they can shit on the coliseum but hey we got it figured out we're not the three team arena anymore let's go and then you wake up to this (laughs) um just kind of heartbroken because um you know, when you, you know, we fought since 2015, I didn't know where the Islanders were going to go. Right. Um, even before 2015, just fighting about with Kate Murray, with politics, Nassau County politics, uh, fighting for um, just keeping my team in New York, let right. alone Long Island. Um, I've been, you know, in this fun battle to just have a team and enjoy my team and enjoy hockey. And especially in the place where it all happened, where we have our four pucks, where we have the dynasty, where right. energy, if you've been to Nassau Coliseum, you know, energy bounces off the walls. Like I it's a freaking nightclub. Exactly. It's, I can't explain it more than if you were at a nightclub and the, the DJ has like these big bass speakers and you know when that bass hits off the floor and off the walls and you feel it vibrating your body mm-hmm. yeah. that's what it's like when we have full playoff chance at yeah. Nassau Coliseum you can literally feel it vibrating off your body yeah. and it creates the biggest atmosphere in hockey like if you go back I'd say for people who want to experience a little taste of it go back on YouTube, go look up the Islanders versus the Penguins round one series playoffs when they were at Nassau Coliseum and hear how loud we are. Yeah. Because that's only a case. It's incredible because of the fact that Islanders fans are just, in my opinion, they are just a different breed of fans. They're incredibly passionate. They care so much about the, the community that they're a part of, the team that represents them. And that arena, you know, I've heard a lot of people like to crap on Nassau Coliseum. Some people just call it like, oh, it's a barn that sucks. Like, it, it, like, there's always these negative things. But I have been to Nassau several times. I went there one time to see the Devils play. I went one time when they played San Jose. 
And every time I went, first of all, it's always packed. Like it's never like there's not, there's not people there. Like people are there. And then the other thing is just how loud they are even during a regular season game in the middle of the season. It's not like it's a big rivalry matchup against the Rangers or anything like that. It's, it's, a, it's a regular season game against like a Western Conference opponent, and they're going off. And that series last season against Pittsburgh where, let's face it, the Islanders were a far better team, and they dominated right from the start of that series. You could tell. Like when Matt Barzell scored that goal, and I, I don't remember if it was game one or game two, that place was about to blow, like the roof was going to fall off the damn arena. You mean Bailey's OT goal in game one? Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, right. Josh Bailey's OT goal. What I, happened well, was Matt Barzell shot it, but it went off the post. Right, Bailey right. I thought it was Barzell originally because the way it looked, but then I, yeah. you know, then it was Josh Bailey. And I, and I know. That was the goal, Josh Bailey. <laughs> I know how much Islanders fans care when Josh Bailey scores a goal. I mean, like anytime he scores a goal. Ha- I think, he has his own chant. Right, I know. And that's how important that type of, you know, he is. But you know, that place was exploding. And I even remember a couple of years back, I think it was like the strike short year the Islanders made the playoffs and they yeah. were playing Pittsburgh. And the place was just going berserk right from the get-go. And I was just amazed because the only place I'd ever been to other than Nassau where it was like that was SAP Center in San Jose where yeah. the stadium is not that big and the energy doesn't like just go out. It goes like in and directly in. back onto the ice. You can feel it right from where you are on the ice. And I think that that's really important. So when I heard this news, I was really pissed off and really like confused. Cause I'm like, you know, wh- why it's a, like, I even messaged you while you were doing the live thing. I'm like, it's an historic monument that should not be, you know, knocked down by any means necessary. It's, it, it's, you know what, if you go back to the history my friend, uh, Nick Hershon, he created the book, We Want Fish Dicks, which he's more known for. He mm-hmm. actually created a, an entire book of the history of Nassau Veterans Memorial College. It was actually, you know, named uh, and given as a monument to like the veterans of Long Island and things like that. And mm-hmm. it has that history there as well, uh, that it has like that importance to me. But you know what, when people say, you know, the barn is a dump. Uh, the Nassau Coliseum's, you know, gross, and it's a dump. Well, to me, it's mostly outdated. Not that right. it's a dump; it's outdated. Right. And I understand that completely. You know, like when you're walking through the aisles, it's pretty cramped. You know, that's you know, you have all these people trying to kind of like shimmy through each other. I felt that even as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you go in the arena, it's you know, it's just full. It's not like the specialty seating and you got like all the monitors and the beautiful lighting effects and things like that you know we've tried to update but it's it wasn't it wasn't made recently like some arenas are and it wasn't Mm -hmm. we didn't have the chance to update it like some uh arenas do we've had to you know kind of have an outdated arena and so when people say the dump I'm like "Mm, more just not the technical technological love well you're used to when it comes to hockey and it comes to atmosphere top notch no I mean that makes sense you know I I I never I never thought it was a dump I definitely understood what people were saying because like I walked around and I could see you know you know cracks in certain places and things like that but I never saw it as like a dump I always just kind of wondered to myself you know not being an Islanders fan I was always wondering you know does ownership care enough that that this is going on but then once people were saying look Here's the big issue sometimes is that they just don't have the money to actually do anything about it. So it becomes this, you know, kind of, you know, revolving door of, you know, 
when is this opportunity to come when they renovate it? So when the Islanders, you know, announced that they were moving to Barclays Center, first of all, I went to one game. I went to one, actually, I went to two games at Barclays Center and I hated it. I absolutely hate, I don't even like Barclays Center and I'm a Nets fan. What do you Nets think fan. I felt? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a Nets fan and I don't even like going, I don't even like going there because it sucks. Like the arena is not good. It's never been good. It's only good for concerts. Like mm-hmm. even the Nets, and obviously they're, they've become a lot better and they're going to get a lot better next year, but it still doesn't feel like you're at a game. Like the it's it's all dark. You can barely see where you're freaking walking. And I decided because I'm an idiot I bought tickets right behind the goal not realizing that I couldn't see the other goal so I had to keep looking up at the screen yeah like and I looked at my dad and I said you know this is bs like this is this is so oh, did you dumb. get the ones that are like high up behind the goal and you have to literally look yes. over the glass yeah right. no I'm like I'm like the hell yep no like, I I, I've been there. there I've been there and you know is traveling there more is traveling there easier for someone like me you know yes and yeah. no because, like, first of all, I enjoy going to Long Island. I have been there numerous times. I have friends. I have many friends that live on the island. So I don't personally have a problem. Does it take me a while? Yeah, I'm from central New Jersey, and I have to go all – I have to take NJ Transit, this Long Island Railroad, and then I have yep. to find a bus or a cab. What the hell? Like, you know? It, yeah. But I'm used to that. It didn't bug me from the get-go. It was like, oh, okay, this is how you do it. At least it's not like Ottawa where you have to take a bus from, like, you know, 15 miles away from the damn stadium and then just get there. You know, it's not like it's in the middle of nowhere. To me, I don't think Nassau Coliseum yeah. is in the middle of nowhere. Hotshire University is right there. So I'm like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, not even, it's not even a problem. So the people that I usually hear say that are usually, and I'm going to be honest, it's, it's usually, you know, Rangers fans. I've heard a lot of Rangers fans. But then again, yep. they just want to crap on the Islanders for every, every reason. Um, when I talk to fans who are not, you know, from this area that have been there, they're like, no, what, what we like about it is that you could see the history of the entire franchise just walking into the building. But I'm like, see, that's the point. Like, that's why it's an historical landmark. Yeah. No, it's like when people say, like, oh, why haven't they updated it? We've tried. Uh, people, like, I feel like more people don't know about the insane battle we had from, like, the 2012 to the 2015 era of when we had the owner, Charles Wong, um, may he rest in peace. Um, right. Wong was losing money on the arena straight up because Nassau County takes a lot of it right and he was like you know what we need this to change and so he this was the first time he alluded to the lighthouse project Mm -hmm. and basically what this was was to totally redo the arena and put up shops and things like that around the arena make it into like a total new investment of like Mm -hmm making it a viable arena like you yeah. see around the NHL. Yeah. And that's when the – and he goes, don't worry, Nassau County, I will pay for all of it. He literally laid down his own money go. and said, I will pay for every single cent there of this go. construction. And, and the head of Nassau County, the executive of Nassau County, Kay Murray, said no. And we oh, were like, right. what? Right. <laughs> And she went, no, because she was, I think she was afraid that she was going to, like, lose money on, like, tickets and shit like that, like, that, because they were pulling in money, but she said no. And what pisses me off is I I don't live in Nassau County, so I didn't have a chance to vote in the election, but people are like, it's going to cause more traffic. I'm like, what people don't fail to, like, what people fail to realize is, like, 
it didn't happen thank god but let's say like if we left and then they like bulldozed it anyway guess what's gonna build there condos and other places where people are gonna drive to it's gonna create more traffic anyway why are you it was just like the biggest like what are you talking about to me when people complain about traffic um And so it, it happened. We fought for years to get this lighthouse project, project done. And just plain, stupid, simple politics said no. And yeah. in 2014, 2015, I was like, am I going to lose my team? People were like, oh, they're going to go to Kansas City. They're going to be the new Whalers. They're going to be... I was literally on the verge of, like, tears because I was like, I'm going to lose my team. I'm not going to have the Islanders anymore. Yeah. And that's all I've known growing up. That was my heart and soul. Yeah. And having that in uncertainty is actually, like, the biggest yeah. fear in my heart. But... It, as much as Brooklyn sucks and as much as the Barclays Center is not ideal and as much as I hate it, I will forever be grateful to the Barclays Center because yeah. they, kept, they kept my team. They right. kept my team on Long Island. They kept the Islanders. And it was at least somewhere where they gave us a home to where we can build this new arena. And, yeah. I, and if you know me, I was in New York City. I was at the meetings. I fought for this arena mm-hmm. uh we got to speak to the esd board and basically yeah. fight for why this should be built and yeah. we finally got uh, you know a fan like myself who's older now and has that you know can say her voice in a reasonable and dignified manner was able yeah. to talk to this board and tell them straight up how yeah. i felt as a fan and to finally get this new arena built but i will always have that little gratitude in my heart towards brooklyn because they kept my islanders the islanders and and see that's that's one of the things that I respect so much about you, Kim, is that you you're willing to to fight you know every means possible to you know defend your team to fight for your team to constantly you know do you know try to help do what's best for the organization and that that's important because when you're a fan of a of a you know original six franchise or a big market franchise, it's easy to not worry about your team you know having situations where you may move. Or, you know, you're going to have financial situations. Even as a Devils fan, people will say we're a small market. And that's understandable because, you know, we play in Newark, which is the biggest city in New Jersey. And, yeah, you can say that it's small market compared to, like, the Rangers and, and even the Flyers playing in Philadelphia. Like, I Toronto get that. Maple Leafs. And, yeah, market. exactly. And it's just, for us, all we've ever tried to do is constantly defend our team and not just defend our team, but to defend the place that we live. We're all from New Jersey. We all are tired of the jokes. We're tired of these things. And we try to show, Hey, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to deal with this. And I've seen the team have different situations and, you know, we're dealing with, you know, ownership question marks right now. We're trying to figure out do the owners actually give a crap about the team or do they just give a crap about trying to own as much as possible? Like, and you, you own- guys are getting the jokes we had in 2015 where they're exactly. like, oh, the Devils are, they should just liquidate it, you know, make it right. the new Whalers. You're right. getting the jokes we got. Right. And we, we've heard it before. We've heard it for the last 20 years where people, are, people just want to see the Devils move. I think people would love, I think people in the NHL, you know, especially in the higher ups, and I'm not going to name names because I don't, you know, because I, I you know, I've, I've explained it before to people that, People in the higher-ups have never liked the fact that there was a team in New Jersey. They've never liked yeah. the fact that New Jersey has been the most successful franchise in the New York metropolitan area. 
you know, in the last, you know, we could just say at least 20, 25 years with three Stanley Cups and five Stanley Cup final appearances. But, and so people are saying, oh, you're going to move to Quebec. You're going to move, like you mentioned, you're going to move to Kansas City. You're going to move back to it. You're going to move a team to Atlanta, which I was like, if it didn't work the fir- first two times, how is it going to work a third time? Like, I don't, unless you're going to move it across the street from where the Atlanta Braves play, you're not yeah. going to get any fans. It's just not going to happen. But it's that whole thing, like you were talking about, like, you, there's so much pride there that it's just about, you know, it's not about just defending the team. It's defending where you come from. It's, it's, that's part of it. The Islanders represent Long Island. They represent that whole part that people don't talk about enough. Yeah. You know, when you see the Rangers, people say, oh, you know, they represent what? They represent the city of New York. You know, that's what they're all about. So it's that whole thing. It's, it's, and you have to compete with that all that you have to compete with the constant Ranger BS and the constant, you know, Oh, your team has a one. Surrounded by it. <laughs> You're surrounded by it because let's face it, there are a lot of Rangers fans that live on the island. Yeah, right. And I know a lot of Rangers, I know people that were Rangers fans that actually ended up converting to Islanders fans once the Islanders came into existence. So it has happened. So you want to see something funny? The uh the co-president of the Islanders Booster Club mm-hmm. used to be a Rangers fan. There you go. That's my and that's my whole point. Like that's that's the whole thing. So I give you and all the Islanders fans 100% because the reason why I think Islanders and Devils fans have been able to get along is because we're both at many times in the same boat. We're both trying to fight for that same respect. And we have to deal with the people in New York City who just want to say, we're an original six franchise. We have all this money, even though your owner's an idiot um, in other sports, maybe not hockey, but definitely in basketball. Um, and you play in quote unquote the world's most famous arena, which I don't think has been famous for the last fifteen years. But how many times I've heard that, man? Oh, you're bringing back memories. Well, I've been look. I went to my first Rangers game last year, uh, 2018 to be exact. I went, and my friend's a Rangers fan, and I sat there and I said, "Dude, like I feel like I'm in a museum. I don't even feel like I'm in an arena because the whole like, you know, you know, walkway is just pictures of the past." And I'm like, "Oh, when was you know where is the pictures from 2014?" Oh, wait a minute. They didn't win anything that year. Never mind. Like it was stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, I don't give a crap. Like I go to I go to the credential center and there are like I gotta use that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's that's yeah. what you gotta use. But like when you go to credential center, you see like little things here and there, but it's not just the devils. It's like, oh, it's it's Bruce Springsteen. It's you know, every like it's little things like that. But we don't as an organization, we try not to think about the past as much because we're like, hey. We want to build, you know, new memories. We want to continue to, you know, be like that. And so it's, it's things like that. So at the, the end of the day. The worst experience I've had too is at MSG. Right, right. And that, that shouldn't surprise, that doesn't surprise me. I, I, if I went to a Devils Rangers game in the garden, I know for a fact I would be, I would not have a good time. Like I would just I, hate being there. It was multiple reasons. It was one um, my boyfriend's a Rangers fan, so he brought me to Islanders oh, Rangers sucks. games. <laughs> so he brought me to Islanders Rangers. He brought me to an Islanders Rangers game. Um, he bought these like really like tickets, like one hundred and seventy five dollars each, and we were high up. That's that's another thing. That's like another thing for the fact that it's like a hundred dollars a piece just to oh, see them play. Ridiculous! I could be sitting at the glass for that price for the Islanders, but. One of the, the top things, like, was blocking the scoreboard. I couldn't see the scoreboard at all because one of the top things was, like, blocking. And I was like, right. well, that sucks. Right. And, like, 
Yes, you were far away, but you know, you were able to watch, you were able to enjoy the game. Um, uh, I may have brought it on myself, but the Islanders won 7-2 to over the Rangers that game. And so I started Ooh. the Rangers suck chant. People were yelling at me, so I was yep. yelling back, laughing, and stuff like that. And then when we scored the seventh goal, someone actually threw their beer at me. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's I probably had it coming, but like I that was the first time anyone's ever like thrown shit at me. Yeah. And the only people I've ever seen thrown shit are Rangers fans. Yeah. Uh recently this past season, we were it wasn't even a Ranger game. I think it was like us versus Calgary or Detroit or something okay. like that. And we were like winning and a Rangers fan like was half drunk and he had a half full can of beer through it because he was like pissed and hit a kid in the face. I remember you saying, I think you said on like either Twitter or like Snapchat or something. I remember you mentioned this and I was like, damn. No, yeah, like, the father like beat the shit out of the guy. But it's like, he deserved it. No, but here's the thing it's like not all Rangers fans are that shitty. And I know that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like crapping on all New York Rangers fans. I know yeah. there's the good, respectful ones. Uh, it's just like, <laughs> it's just sad because yeah. it's like the arena where I've had the most like hate has been like an original six arena. Yeah. And of course, that had to be the Rangers, right? Like, yeah, all, no, like, it's, like, it's just like, it's just like, I would know, like, I want to go to more original six arenas, you know, experience, like how, you know, I've been to Chicago, actually, you know, so. You have. And Chicago was great. I had a yeah, great time in Chicago. And I watched your whole, I watched the whole vlog and I was like, damn, Chicago looks like a nice place to go see hockey. It was. It this was. It like wasn't as, like, I'd say, like, energetic as the Nassau Coliseum was, but the fans were great. It was a great place. Yeah. It was, you know, top of the notch, like, technology-wise and things like that, where you had a great experience mm -hmm. nonetheless. Yeah. No, it's not, you know, it's not like, you know, when you go to a game, like, even in Chicago, you're not going to be around, like, front-runner Blackhawk fans. Like, these guys were fans even before the team got good. And, yeah, like, with winning Stanley Cups. Like, these people are there game in and game out like in that experience and yeah. you know that that is some good and, and by the way if anybody hasn't seen Kim's vlog when she went to Chicago please do so because there's a surprise at the end that I don't that that people need to it's watch little, because it's you know and, and that's the big thing and actually you know what that kind of want, wants me to ask you this question because be, you know because it's so to me it's very important because every a lot of hockey fans and a lot of sports fans in general always like to talk about who their favorite player is. You know, who's the person that they idolize the most? As a Devils fan, obviously not a surprise. My idol is Martin Brodeur. He's the reason I got into hockey. He's the reason I actually oh, yes. played goalie for, you know, a year. Um, I actually just got an autograph frame of him today, which I was very happy about yes. um, and things like that. But with you, Kim, what I didn't <laughs> realize, what I didn't realize is the amount of love that you have for Robin Leonard. Who not? It's not even only on this anymore. He actually went to Chicago this past season, then got traded to Vegas, mm -hmm. and he'll probably win a cup because that's who I think is going to win it. But you know, as a Sharks fan, I don't want Vegas to win Jack. You know what? Anyway, um, but Robin Leonard is now on the Knights. But you have a very special connection with Robin Leonard, and I, I just wanted to kind of know if you don't mind me asking. You know what your you know you know, what your relationship is with Robin Leonard. Oh, my God. Uh, he's, like, everything to – and you know what people say on Twitter? I, I talk about him way too much and stuff like that, but they don't talk about him. You talk about him probably on a weekly basis, I would say. But, like, um, 
it, it I can't explain like how much he's helped me in my life and just keep trucking like even like the night before like people were you know uh just like taking screenshots of like me just like with my hands over my face because I was like oh this team and people were like look she's crying ha 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 like you know like even just little things like hate and stuff like that people Mm -hmm. come after me a lot and just like Robin Leonard has been there for me so much that I just like take I take that internally and I go like he remember like this one time this esports announcer came after me and Robin Leonard literally (laughs) commented after him and said yeah no Uh, that's bad like you know it's bad when someone who is broadcasting people playing video games this is that guy that definitely sucks at video games he had a blue check mark um and he came after me saying i was narcissistic make it all about myself uh, you know and robin leonard literally said ignore this guy he's like he doesn't have a clue i like straight up commented that like he did not have to but what really started it for me was first he came out with his article uh, in the eighteen nineteen season, and I, you know, when you first read it, you're like, "Holy crap! I can't believe someone went through." That was the this. Players Tribune article he wrote, right? <clears throat> it was. It was in the Athletic. And it was on the Athletic. Okay, right. Yeah. It was in the Athletic. It's a free read. If you go to the article, you can read it for free. One of the uh, few times I, you can read a free article on on the Athletic, by the way. He, in Robin Leonard, insisted it be free and for everyone to read it I, to hear God. his story. Thank God. No, I I think that was a great move on him, and so I read the entire article, and I was I was like, like, the fact that some, you know you empathize with him, you're like, holy crap! I can't believe someone was able to best this and still be in this hockey league and still yeah. be in control of his own life, and uh, you know. So at first I was like, I feel like it was a heartfelt moment with Islanders fans and Robin Leonard. Like we were like, we will take you in, we will comfort you, we will keep you safe, kind of thing. And then his first game, he starts out the only Islanders goalie ever to record a shutout in his debut. And so it was one of the greatest moments for me as an Islanders fan to see history in the making right there. And then a few months later, I've been dealing with this. I'd been dealing with these like moments of deja vu and it wasn't really much. Mm -hmm. I had in my whole life, but it was really getting worse in college. Uh, And then it started getting to the point where my friends were starting to worry for me because my moments of deja vu I have like kind of like amnesia of those times I have it okay and my friends were like Kim you were drooling Kim you were like mumbling Kim you started punching yourself in the face and I was like what I was like no I was standing right there and they're like no like and so I started to worry them to the fact that they called an ambulance on me at college and I went to the college I went to I went to the ER a neurologist like checked me out he was like what were your symptoms what were people telling you what do you feel mm-hmm. and so I explained everything and he he just smiled he knew exactly what I had mm-hmm. I was like and he was like you have complex uh partial complex seizures and I was like I have what <laughs> like what does that mean yeah no I was like I have like being told you have epilepsy is kind of like I was like what yeah. like little kids get like diagnosed with this or like you know, I, when you think of, like, seizures, you think of, like, someone going on the floor and convulsing and, like, right, exactly, having grand right. mall seizures and that's things like that. That's the typical definition of what that is, right? Yeah, like, that's what people think seizures are, but mm-hmm. what my seizures are, they're, like, basically, it starts, like, in the temporal lobe of my brain. It has yeah. the ability to move, so it can, it can go to where my motor cortex is, or it, it can do, like, where I'm talking or things like that. Like, it 
control it can, has the ability to spread and affect different parts of my body he said like the more i let it carry on the more it would have affected different parts of my brain oh wow and so and then he was like in the hospital he's like you have to you know new part of your life you're going to be taking medication every day right you're gonna you can't drive for you know x amount of time until we know at least they're under control you right. can't do this you can't do that you know, you know things like where it was like suddenly my whole life was flipped upside down of what I knew and I was it was kind of like to me I was like I'm not normal anymore I'm weird I'm a freak I'm yeah. and I, I have like these problems and it really struck me really hard and so I was like with my my mom who came to the hospital and I looked at her and I was like, I like started crying. And I'm like, I was like, what, what the hell is wrong with, um, I remember that moment very, very, very vividly. And, um, I, cause I told the doctor, I was like, I've had these moments since I was a kid, but it's yeah. never been as, um, like close together. I was having them like every day. And he goes, that's because of probably stress of college and things like that was like mm -hmm. actually escalating them. Yeah. And then I don't, I don't remember if someone retweeted it or uh, if I just it, it, it stumbled upon it online, mm -hmm. but Robin article re-popped up in my feed. And mm -hmm. I went, let me reread this. And going to rereading an article by someone who's gone through mental health issues and things like that of his bipolar disorder and things like that. I was like, holy crap. I feel, I feel this right now. Like, I feel like what he's went through like just all of his struggles and things like that especially mentally and like what yeah. you're thinking about yourself and i looked at how he overcame that how did he come yeah. through that and so through my own journey i followed his and so yeah. he meant the entire world to me after that if you go to my podcast after that i start talking about robin leonard constantly because he became like that huge center right and then um in april my grandparents surprised me with the Robin Leonard jersey. I saw and, that. that was awesome. Um, awesome. I wish I didn't have the background, like, because it's right behind me here. Right, no, it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I started crying because right, he meant no. the world to me, and Robin Leonard saw it and retweeted it. And that's, I think, when Robin Leonard first, like, I guess, like, noticed me mm -hmm. uh, via Twitter, mm -hmm. and he started following me, and it uh, that to me, Lovely. right there, was everything. Yeah. And then when he got traded, heart broke. But I was like, you know what? When is our games versus Chicago this season when the schedule came out? And yeah. I was like, we, we will not face Chicago till April. And I was like, uh-uh. I was like, no. I was like, when, when, when are we facing Chicago? And it was like December. And I was like, I'm taking a flight. I'm getting yeah. a ticket. I will go to Chicago. Right. So that became like definite in my and mind. It worked out because obviously we the season yeah. stopped in freaking March. So it worked I wouldn't out have seen, for you. I wouldn't have been able to see him at the Collie anyway. Like I remember you even tweeting like you were saying like how upset it was that you that you knew you weren't going to be able to see him. And he he wouldn't have even been on the team at that point anyway. No, yeah. Like, to Vegas. I know. It it was like he wouldn't have had his return to Long Island no matter what. Right, exactly. So I was so happy. I you know everything for a reason. I chose to go to uh, Chicago. Chicago, right. And, I, and the best I was hoping for was, you know, I made the sign, LA will always love Leonard. And I post, I, you know, I made sure to get there early. I was right at the tunnel, right in front of the glass. And Leonard was warming up and I like was raising it. I was like, <laughs> and right. he did see it. He saw it. He like looked over and he like bobbed, you know, like, cause he's like in all the gear. He bobbed his like right, head in the he, mask right. and he like waved his stick. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, he saw it. I was like, 
and uh, I had like the lipstick on. So like, uh, part, I guess creative. he knew me from Very that. Creative. I guess he knew me from that. And then my friends, yeah. Kelly and Spencer, they know him. So they were going to meet him after the game. And I was like, oh, have fun. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm outside the United Center waiting for an Uber. I'm just like, you know, twiddling my thumbs. I'm talking to my boyfriend next to me. And suddenly I get a call from Kelly. And I'm like, what? Like, you rubbing it in? So I pick it up. I'm like, hey, girl, what's up? And she goes, get your ass back to the United Center. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> and she why? goes, yeah, no, I'm like, why? What's up? And she goes, I'm like, did you forget something? I'm like, she's like, Robin Leonard texted us. He wants to meet you too. Yeah. I was like, I was like, what? And I looked at my boyfriend. He goes, when I saw your face, he's like, I canceled the Uber. He's like, <laughs> and so we ran back to United Center. And if you watch the vlog, you'll see me like straight up meeting him. And right. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I know, can't. I know. I can't the tears that were like streaming down my face yeah. that yeah. I actually got to, you know, talk to him and tell him how much like I was thankful to him and his story and what he came out with. Like yep. being able to have that moment yeah. with your idol about mm -hmm. how much they helped you. And he was like, he was like, he's like, he's like, no, no, no. He's like, you are strong within yourself yeah. and you don't need anyone to tell you otherwise. He's like, just remember that you are always you, yeah. you are always strong and that you don't, you know, your illness does not define you. Yeah. I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing all of that because that, that, that I need, I personally needed to hear that. And I think my, my listeners needed to hear that as well, because you hear, you know, a lot of the time with all these, you know, feel good stories and, and let's face it, your story is a feel good story without a doubt. I've seen them. I've seen a lot of them. I remember, the kid that lost his mother and then he was, you know, he the was the Carrie uh, Price kid. The Carrie Price kid this past season, which like I think I watched that video maybe ten times and I cried. How that was amazing. Time. That was amazing. Carrie and you know, people don't realize this, but like someone like Carrie Price is one of the most generous people in the yes. game. Like nobody nobody realized it because like everybody has been very critical of the fact that, oh, he's been hurt a lot. He's, had, he's not the same player. But people tend to ignore or not realize the, you know, caring person that he actually is and the human side of a player like that. With someone like Robin Leonard, like, the first time that I, I had known about him was when he was in Buffalo. And I yeah. had gone to the Winter Classic that year when they're playing the Rangers, and he had had a pretty good game. That was the first time I'd heard of who Robin Leonard was. the first time I heard of him, too, because right. I was like, who is that goalie with the beanie? That's so cute. Right. He was, right. and, <laughs> and he had a good game. Like, he didn't have a bad game, and it went to overtime, and it was a great game. Could have gone either way. Yeah. And if it wasn't for a former New Jersey Devil in Jakob Josephson taking a penalty in overtime, maybe yeah. Buffalo would have won that game. See, that's how much I know. I was like – that's Josephson, isn't it? And I yelled at Buffalo fans and I said, see, this is why we all disliked him in New Jersey. He always does Buffalo, this yeah. crap. I had a Buffalo fan actually when we got Robin Leonard say, ha, have fun. He sucks at shootouts. Right. Well, the thing that really impressed me about Robin Leonard, first of all, he had a mask that was different than any mask I'd ever seen. His masks are awesome. It was like, it, it, it wasn't blue and orange. It wasn't like obviously near, it was like, this crystallized looking thing. And I said, this is, this is very clean. And finally, I said, to, I said to, um, I said to one of my friends, I said, you know, finally, Thomas Grice has a backup, has a goaltender partner that he can actually do well with. Other than mm -hmm. Nabokov. I've always argued that Nabokov was really good. Nabokov wasn't bad. We loved Nabby. And, and, and you know, now you cannot, you know, and Thomas Grice. Same thing with Halak. 
you know, what, what was that? Same thing with Halak. Well, yeah, Halak, and you could see him now doing well in Boston. It's like, yeah, he's been doing that his whole career. Even when he was in Montreal, he was still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like, you know, and, you know, with Robin Leonard, I didn't hear about what was going on until probably about halfway through the season. Then I heard about the article. So I even read the article. Yep. And I was just like, damn, man, like, he's been going through some massive stuff in his life just even just mentally just constantly doing it and I said to myself you know this is going to touch a lot of people and I didn't meet you until I, w- I want to say it was I want to say it was March of last season I think it was the first time no, that it, was, I, it was like two years ago man I don't think Ro- Robin ago. Leonard wasn't on the team two years I don't ago know. right I'm yeah, because Robin Leonard wasn't even on the team. I remember, like, right. we were in Jersey, and we were complaining which of right. our uh, power plays was worse. Right. <laughs> I was sitting with my friend who who I think you know, my friend David. Yes. Who, um, he was there, and we were watching the game, and I, like, leaned over to him, and I said, dude, our power play sucks. Like, you're not, like, it's not. And then you, I guess, overheard me. Probably. I'm a big mouth. I'm like, a big five rows in front of me. It was just like. No, our power play sucks. And it was like, and like, I'm thinking in my head, like, why are we complaining about whose power play sucks more? <laughs> like, I was like, and I, I think, I want to say the Islanders won that game in a shootout. Yeah. Was a we shootout did. We won in a shootout. It was because you were like, why couldn't you give, I forget who, you couldn't give him like his first win in like a year or something. I forget it who was it was. It was Corey Schneider, right? It Schneiders. was during that whole period where yes. he went a whole year without winning the game. Exactly. You were like, you couldn't give him his first freaking win. Well, he had a 2 nothing lead, and I said, maybe this is it. Maybe he's finally going to win. And it was like, oh, wait, our defense sucks. And we're not going <laughs> to blow a 2 nothing. That was one of maybe the 30 different games in which we had a two-goal lead and blew it. So that was that. I feel but, like it's okay. <laughs> but, you know, it, you know it, it happened. But ever since then, you know, you and I, you and I had like, you know, we followed each other on Twitter. Yeah. Both of us were very passionate about our certain teams. And things we like had a lot that. of fun. And, and I never hated the like I've never hated the Islanders. Like I've ne- no. like I've never had a reason to because obviously I didn't grow up in the 80s. I didn't watch yeah. the Devils get the crap kicked out of them eight two every other time they played the Islanders. Like yeah. I hated the Rangers. And rightfully so. Like it's like that's my that's the rival. I don't like them. No, yeah, like, and I, that's what bonds Devils and Islanders fans is our mutual right. hate for the Rangers. Right. Right. And did, to be honest, we both felt rock bottom, I feel like, as like, especially like people our age as like in our franchises, we both mm-hmm. felt rock bottom. Right. At least you had the 2000 Stanley Cup, but <laughs> like, I, I watch it. Like, I mean, I wasn't conscious. That just like bonds us even more. Like, right. Prudential. Yeah. Right. I, I wasn't conscious. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I didn't start watching hockey fully until 2006. And then I like, would say got, same. I would say same. Then, right, because at that time I was conscious. I knew what the heck was going on. I was watching yeah, exactly. Games, blah, blah, blah. Ex- it was it was like that. And then like 2012 comes along for me, and I'm like, we got a chance. And now I like hate the LA Kings with a burning passion. So it doesn't. I don't have no sympathy for the fact that they suck right now. Like, <laughs> they deserve it. You know, like it was like that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, 2012 comes along, and like the season's all like game six ends and all that stuff, and I go. All right, it's fine. Like, we'll be back next year. Then Parisi decides to go home and play for Minnesota. Fine. Cool. Kovalchuk then retires after the year after, which was awesome. Minnesota hates Parise. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he almost <laughs> – And I was tweet. I was literally DMing you 
when I heard that Parise had theoretically gone to the Islanders, I'm like, you have no idea how much I hate you guys right now. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was so hearing play. Minnesota fans going, take him, take him. Right, they're like, take them, because you guys had the salary to take his deal. But yeah, no, and like, when I saw his deal, I was like, no, no, right. no. Because you guys had traded for Gabriel Pajot, and I said, Profound. you know, what, like, where is this money coming from? Because then you, not only did you trade for him, then you signed him immediately to that six-year extension, which I'm a little bit critical of because I'm like, I, I mean, he's Understandable. a good player. Understandable. But it was like six, seven million dollars. It's like, I was talking to my friend who's, a, who's the senator's um, host on Hockey Podcast Network, and he's like, dude, that's a lot of money for a guy that just started getting good. Like, it, like he's had it several years, and I'm like, he fit in pretty well. I think he had, like, what, five or six goals already in the Islands before the season stopped? He was kind of playing pretty well. Yeah, no, he, he had a lot of goals. Like, his first – his debut, he scored against the Rangers. I was yeah. like, well, yeah. Right, he, right. He almost and had I a think, Gordie Howe hat trick, man. Like, right, and that was the same game that I think – what was it? Savannah Jad scored on a 1T in overtime. Was that the game? Uh, Yeah, that was the game. That was the same game, right. I remember that. But, you know, when when, it, when I heard Parisi was going to the Islands uh, – all of us Devils fans were laughing because we're like, this is a Lou Lemorel thing. He's literally taking everybody that was already on the Devils yeah. like 2012. And I was like, I'm surprised he didn't make a move for Kovalchuk. I'm surprised he didn't just go like, hey, we'll give you a third and a fifth for Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk was a good move. And, I, and we were like, and we were like, as Devils fans are like, that might be the one team we wouldn't be mad at if he went to. It was like, he goes to the Islanders. It's like, all right, I don't know how to feel about it. I'm not mad. I'm not happy. I'm like, Mm-hmm. whatever but like with Parise we were like yeah you know honestly like that's fine that's fine which I, I'm glad that we no longer boo him when he comes back to New Jersey yeah. I'm glad we don't do that crap because it's like he didn't leave because he didn't want to be with the Devils anymore he left because his dad was dealing with his illness at the time and unfortunately he did end up passing away that same season but he also wanted to go back and play at home play in Minnesota yeah. and Minnesota wasn't bad they were still, I mean, and they're not bad now. Like, they're not terrible. They're, like, they're mediocre. And that's yeah, he didn't pull right. a JT on you. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but we, we didn't hold it. We held it against them for maybe two or three years, and then we stopped. Yeah. We're like, okay, fine. He's done. Let's move on. Because then at that point, that's we're gonna like. going to be the same with the Tavares situation here, too. Eventually, John Tavares is going to stop getting booed at. Like, no, yeah, obviously. Unless like, he wins a cup. Then, I mean, if he wins a cup, then that might be a little bit, you know, hard to hard to deal with but it's gonna, it's gonna suck obviously but it honestly it's like you know what shit happens and but, but yeah you know for me, for me as a devil's fan it's been tough because they've been made the playoffs once in the last seven years and i've said before that i think us making the playoffs a couple of years ago was the worst thing that could have happened to this team because it put us in a situation that we weren't already we weren't there yet they were like oh all of a sudden we're stanley cup contender no we're not like we got in despite our head coach being, being, you know, having no idea what he was doing. And as a result, he eventually did get fired. Thank yeah. God. And now my Twitter's blown the up today. No, and now my Twitter's blown up today because they're like, is the Peter Laviolette rumors true? And I'm like, dude, we don't even know who the GM is yet. Don't try to tell me who the head coach is before the GM. Like, let, let's Straight not up. go down this route today. Straight up. No, because everybody today is like, oh, did you hear? Did you hear? And I'm like, I heard because I can't not hear it. But you're all telling me. And I'm going to be talking about this on the Devil's State of Mind podcast tomorrow. So everybody will hear my feelings towards it. I mean, nothing is announced yet. We're not even there yet. It's like yep. they're, they're taking a pause, okay? Like they're taking a pause 
let's just shut up because we have the 26 to wait on and we don't know where we're going to be for that. And I've said before, I said, if the 20, if one of those top three picks is a playing team, it is going to be Pittsburgh when they get knocked out by Montreal. That's what it's going to be. We all know it's coming. It was like, if it's anyone else, like maybe the Rangers, I'd be a little bit upset about. I'd be like, you know, you really don't deserve it. Like already good, you know, but. They got Panarin. They can shut up. They got got Capo. They can be quiet. They got they got Tony uh, or excuse me Trump D'Angelo on their team Mm. as well. Which, by the way, he is uh, continuing to flip out on social media, and I'm surprised the Rangers haven't just made him delete his account altogether. Because no, straight up, (sighs) I think he needs to shut up. No, he needs to shut up. I understand the whole thing about freedom of speech and being free to speak about what you want to speak about, and that's fine. But he's taking it a little bit too far. Yeah, he's taking it way too far. My friend was like, going... Dude, this guy legitimately needs to shut up. The Rangers have told him three different times to please shut up. And no. he just doesn't listen. And I'm like, well, he, you know, his boss is James Dolan, so he's not going to let him shut up. Like, he's just going to keep saying what he says. But, shut up. But basically, um, and that was a nice segue. Is, see, this is what happens between me and Kim, is that we will completely go off topic. <laughs> I just go on and on and on. Like, we could be on here yeah. for three hours just going on about what's going on. Straight up. Like, <laughs> we will talk for hours. Look, first of all, I'm not complaining about it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> this is great. And we're, we're all very happy to have you on. So, you know, this is great. But, Appreciate uh, it, man. Yeah, of course. I wanted to discuss with you something that has been a topic of discussion in Islanders country, I would say, over the last, like, two weeks. Because okay. I listened to Barry Trotz, because he was on um, Joe and Evan on WFAN yes. um, last week. He was yes. talking to them, which was great, because I'm like, they're the only people on WFAN that will talk about hockey. Like, nobody in ESPN New York talks about it, except maybe, like, Humpty. That's, like, about as close as yeah. I can get. But, like, Barry Trotz was on WFAN. I'm like, all right, sick. And I love Trotz. Like, I love his personality. I love him as a coach. I think he's great. They were asking straight up about Ilya Sorokin. And again, if I'm saying his name wrong, I apologize because I know I've heard people say, you know, it's Sorokin, it's, you know, something else. It's so... Sorokin. Yeah, yeah right. It's Sorokin. It's like, all right, look, he's Russian. Like, it's Russian. <laughs> I would have to ask him directly because I'm not going to, I don't trust reporters in the yeah. United States to tell me that this is how you say his name. But... This has been probably something that's been discussed for the past like 365 days. With oh yeah. Like, is he coming over? Is he not coming over? And I literally just got this today. And this is from, uh, it's somebody called AM New York, which is about okay. like all different things. And I believe it was Joe Pantorno. And if I apologize, if I'm saying his name wrong, I apologize. Apparently, Ilya Sorokin's agent spoke to him yes, you know, yesterday morning. And okay. this is the latest that we know. They said... They like many Islanders fans and the organization itself, and they are playing the waiting game to learn if he can join the team this year. Sorokin has said he wanted to come to the Islanders during this playoff run and help them. Yes. The problem that I personally have is this. Are you going to be comfortable going in with three different goaltenders? Do you want to do – like, because Simeon Varlamov is solid. He's always been solid, even when he was in Washington and even in Colorado – Thomas Grice is just Thomas Grice. Like, Thomas Grice is going to steal games whether you want to believe it or not because I've seen him do it. I've seen him beat teams he wasn't supposed to beat, and he was just that good. And then you have Sorokin, who I think is probably the best goaltending prospect in the world right now, other than maybe Askarov. 
this draft, which I don't know where he's going to go. And I've yeah. heard a lot of things about him. And ironically, I think Askarov is Sorokin's backup, I want to say, I think. Okay. I think I'm not sure, 100%. Because as, as somebody who had to do a lot of research on Nikita Gusev when he came to the Devils, that's how I found out about Sorokin. Because they had played okay. on the same SK, SKA St. Petersburg team, which yes. I feel like everybody goes to when they go to the – if you're really talented, like if you're – if you're like a superstar, you go there. It was like I saw Kovalchuk go there. Pavel Datsuk, I think, is Oof. still playing for them. Um, maybe not right now because I heard that he's being taken captive in a church. A church, yeah. You certainly saw it too. <laughs> like, and if you haven't seen it, go look it up because you can't. I was like, what it. the hell? <laughs> like, oh, COVID 19 is a conspiracy theory. And I'm like, this is a priest, by the way. This is a yeah. priest. This isn't like some scientist that is telling us. That it's not real. No, this is a priest. And I feel bad for Datsuk because he's the magic man. And I don't want to see him get taken away from anybody. But hopefully not. But I did see Sorokin. And I've heard a lot about him from not just Islanders fans, but NHL, you know, reporters and things like that saying that this guy is the real deal. Like this guy is a legit franchise, you know, altering type goaltender. And I said, geez. No, yeah, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of hype. How did we not draft this guy? We draft three goaltenders per draft every year. How did we miss out on this guy? Yeah, no. But I wanted to get your opinion because I consider you like the voice of Islanders fans because I see a lot of Islanders fans look to you for opinions and things like that. And I wanted to ask you straight up, what are your feelings about this whole situation right now? Oh my God. So with Sorkin, it's been a roller coaster ride whether he's coming. So the biggest roller coaster, part one of the Sorkin series, was. There's multiple parts, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. There's like a five part yeah. se- documentary <laughs> series to this entire. Straight up. But part one, Sorkin straight out, and you know what? I respect the hell out of him for this. He said, I will not come to the New York Islanders as long as Scar Snow is your GM. Yes. yes. I was like, yes. you know what? Yes. Yes. Fair enough. That's what Islanders fans were doing when they heard that. They were just like, yes, yes. yes <laughs> we yes. were like, you know what? Fair freaking enough. But it, like, we were like, change is never going to happen. We're stuck with these assholes. And that's when uh, we created the billboard. And <laughs> yeah, you guys certainly and, sent a message about Garth Snow, which I never, which I always wondered why he was ever hired in the first place because he had no experience. Spano. Okay. Uh, but like, we just did not yes. have good luck with GM. But like, that faithful morning when I woke up and saw Garth Snow and like Doug Wade had been relieved at their positions, I was like, oh. <laughs> First, it was Jack Capuano getting the boot, and we were like, yes. We were like, fuck yes. And then we saw them go, and we were like, yes. We were like, yes. <laughs> so much happiness. And then Lou and Barry stepping in, like, God damn. And we were like, Sorkin got his wish. So, right. what's step two? So phase two coming in, we were like, we have to wait for his KHL contract to cancel out. Right. So then it was playing the waiting game, kind of like waiting for his contract. Uh, then we had the goalie situation with Leonard, and I was like, yo, Leonard Sorkin. Right. I was like, that sounds amazing. That uh, sounded amazing. <laughs> it would have sounded amazing. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then phase three, like that we're in right now, is that right. Sorkin wants to come in and jump right into the the pool he wants to get his hands dirty he wants to get in there he wants to be number one here's my here's my problem is that number one um 
he's used to KHL ice, and if you don't know the difference between NHL and KHL ice, it's a whole different, like, with the goals are, you know, yeah, they're, they're totally different yeah. um, feels. And yeah, no, that's what I was going to say to to our listeners. See, first of all, the KHL is the Continental Hockey League, which is arguably the second best hockey league in the world behind the National yes. Hockey League, and it's played in Russia. I think also in China, they do have a team in China, I want to say. They're starting up. They're, they're starting, starting up, up a league. that yeah. one. So, you know, it's pretty big. Like, even a lot of NHL players actually have contracts with these KHL teams if yes. there's ever a strike or something like that where they need to go play, they just go over there. The thing is that with that ice is that it's Olympic-sized ice. So if you've ever watched an Olympic hockey game, the ice is just much wider. So there's mm-hmm. a lot more opportunities to create things and to have more opportunities to make plays. And that's why – as a Devils fan, when we saw Nikita Gusev do the things that he was doing, part of it is because the ice was so freaking big that he was able to have a lot more opportunities to do so. So, you know, that that's just kind of some information I wanted to put out there for everybody. No, straight up. I'm glad you did. But um, that's the thing is like switching from that, being used to that kind of ice and then going to NHL ice where it's much faster pace right. than the KHL. Right. And then having <clears throat> to kind of just like, keep you know the attention like straight up on that ice it's so much different I wish um we can give him time in the AHL maybe like or just practicing like for him to get used to this new ice for him to throw him into the playoffs I feel like it might be too much of a a switch and that he's not going to be in his top game because he's not used to this he's not used to this ice he's not used to the width and you know, as a goalie, you have to know, like, you have to kind of feel where your posts are and where the edges are. Yeah. You have to know. So I really feel like throwing him straight into playoffs, not the best move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I would trust more in guys like Varley and Grice. Yeah. Um, but and then it's also another thing is, like, like, we want to get him, obviously, into this next season. I feel like if we can, because we're losing Grice after this season. So having him move in next to Varley just makes sense. I heard he. I heard he might go to Jersey, which I don't know how to feel about that. But I would. I, you know what? Well, Jersey gets him. I know you'll. T- I know you'll take care of him. Yeah. So I you mean, know. Here's the thing. I'm also a Sharks fan, so I've already experienced the Thomas Grice, you know, player, and I and I lo- and I really like Thomas. Like I have no problem with it. For me, it's just about like, do we feel confident giving more money to a backup who? is at the same age, if not, I think a little bit older than someone like Corey Schneider. So it's like, do we really, really honestly, truly want to do that? He's on the older side. Yeah, he's on the older. We older. have a young goaltender in Gilgis Sen that we're still trying to, you know, we, we still don't know much about. So we have to, yeah. we have to go that route. But I, I know, I know that there's a pretty much, it almost is, con, you know, most likely that Thomas Grice won't be back unless they, um, I mean, the only way I could see is that unless they don't feel comfortable with Varlamov, which I feel like Varlamov has had a solid year with the Islanders. Like, I really feel like... He hasn't been bad. No, I feel like he's been just, like, middle of the pack, like, um, Philip Grubauer-like type of goaltender. Like, he's solid, and he'll have some good games. You know, is he, like, a number one? He used to be. You know, when he was in in, um, Washington for a while, it looked like that that was the guy that they were going to have long-term. That wasn't the case. They got Braden Holtby. I mean, it all worked. It worked out for them. And then he went to Colorado, and he was okay. And then I'm trying to remember just before the Islanders, was he still with Colorado? Yeah, we got him from Colorado. Right, okay. So he was there, and then he goes to the Islanders, and he's pretty good. No, he's not bad. He's like, one of my t- favorite goalie masks for the Islanders all time, so I can't really oh, – really? I can't well, – I think it's great. Like, the whole, like, Long Island on the side, I think it's pretty cool. 
I thought it was okay. I mean, it's not the greatest mask. I, I'm kind of biased, but <laughs> right. You uh, know, well, you're biased because of one person, and that's understandable. But what kind of hurts my heart about Varley is that the reason the biggest the biggest most obvious reason we got Varley was to entice Sorkin because him and Sorkin are friends. Right. They had the same agent. They're both Russians. Both friends. Like he was basically the like like um enticing like chip to, to Sorkin. Hey, look. We have we have Varley. Like, this is another reason why you should come over. You know what I mean? And so like that's mostly why Leonard got the boot, which kind of hurts my freaking heart. Uh, but business decision, unfortunately. Yeah, but he it was also because they also had the same agent. So having like that deal, like that four year deal, was also enticing. Like, hey, we're gonna give you stability. Exactly. Exactly. So that's another reason we signed Varley for so many years. At first, I was like, what the? F <laughs> right, right. People were like, but, we went from Robin Leonard to Semyon Varlamov. What exactly are we trying to prove here? Yeah, no, I was like, what the? I mean, I understand what his, I, you know, his ideals were and yeah. what he was going for. But I was like, no. But I was like, right. So, I mean, and it's like, it's weird because I thought that Robin Leonard would, would take over for Corey Crawford because I was like, yeah, <gasps> Corey Crawford can't. He can't stay healthy. Like, obviously, Leonard being in Chicago makes sense. Now he's in Vegas, and I'm like, I mean, him he and can't Flurry, replace Flurry. Him and Flurry are like the same age. Like, I don't, like, I was like, unless you think, I mean, because I don't know if Leonard's going to be there long term, like, after this season. Like, I think he's a free agent again, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he is. So I don't, you know, first of all, almost anybody I know is probably better than Malcolm Subban. So the fact that the Vegas got, Robin Leonard for Malcolm Subban, I'm okay with that. But, you know, the whole thing, the whole thing with Sorokin is this. I've like, I've heard it before and I'm like, I really, because I, as a hockey fan, I want to see this kid. Like, I want to see him play. I want to see him play in the NHL. I want to see, because I want to know if all of what we're hearing is correct. And look, as a goaltender, it's not always about, you know, how many saves did you make in a game? It's about, is your position good? Are you putting your team in the best position to succeed? Also, is your defense doing what it needs to do? That's a good question. And I think I agree, and I agree with you. I agree with you, Kim. If they throw him into the playoffs right away, because I call this the play, even though they say playing around, this is playoffs to me. Like this is this is no, playoffs. it's straight up. This is this is life or death. Probably not the right, the right situation for him. If you were doing something like what the NBA is doing, where you're having eight, nine, ten games of a regular season before okay fine you can put him in for two or three games and say okay exactly not have like a trial round yeah and here's the other thing he hasn't played that much in the last couple of months because of COVID-19 like everybody else he needs time to get ready oh by the way he also has to travel across the world to the United States probably quarantine probably do all this and then he just gets thrown right into it and see I could tell by Barry Trotz when they asked him straight up how would you feel about three goaltenders? Like having three goaltenders available. He was very uncomfortable with that situation, with that, with that discussion, because he because here's the thing. I think he feels confident with Varlamov and Grice, but he knows the type of talent that Sorokin is. So it's a it's not necessarily a high, it's a high risk, high reward for right now because of the situation. I think for Sorokin, just for him, I think it would be safe for him to say. We're going to play the waiting game as his agent had put out and we're just going to let them do what they need to do in the playoffs. And then we'll, we'll come back to this, you know, yeah. after the season, because look, 
the NHL most likely will not be back till December timeframe. So you'll have a lot more time to figure that out. And Sorokin has made it clear. He doesn't, he doesn't want to play in the KHL anymore. He wants to come here. So, you know, the problem really is, is that can the Islanders convince St. Petersburg to stop, you know, getting in the way and just let him come? Because that's yeah. all it's about right now. So, you know, it's a... No, yeah, straight up. What made comfortable is like... Oh, sorry, man. No, no, It's like cutting ahead. out a little bit. But what made very so uncomfortable is that uh, Casey Zizekas put it the best. They were like, name one uh, description for Barry Trotz with you. And he said family. Barry Trotz gets very emotionally connected with his players and with, uh, you know, he's kind of like a father figure to some of them. And mm-hmm. I know Casey has said, like, he is, like, basically my family. He, you know, always asks about how everyone's doing. He cares about me as a person, not just a hockey player. So I feel like he, he's also very emotionally invested with people like Grice and, Bobby. and, you know, for him, like, for, you know, coming to say, well, what do you feel about, like, Sorkin coming into the mix? You know, it's like, he has this, like, love and loyalties towards his two goalies right now. It's like, right. to ask him that, it's like, I kind of ask him to, you know, like, say, like, pull his back on kind of, like, family. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's why it, it also made him very uncomfortable. Barry Trotz is just that kind of person. Yeah, no, I mean, Barry Trotz, see, and this is why Barry Trotz was the best coach for Alexander Ovechkin and the Capitals team two years ago when they won the Cup. Because mm-hmm. he understood the team that he had around him, and he started to build that personal connection. And I'm, and I'm telling you this right now, that had they worked it out, in Washington, he still would be there right now. He yeah. would still be the head coach. It didn't work out because the ownership was, you know, trying to lowball him and everything like that. And Lou Lamorella is a hockey guy. He knows talent when he sees it. So he saw that Trotz was there. And I knew from the minute that Trotz was available, since the Islanders were looking for a new head coach, I was like, yep, they're <laughs> going to hire him. It makes too much sense. Yeah. You have two of the smartest hockey people in Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorella working together. Of course that relationship's going to work because they're the same person. It's the same person thinking. It's Lou Lamorello is just, he takes his mind and just puts it in Barry Trotz on the ice. It's just Lou on the ice because of that's what it is. And so when Trotz went there and then they had the success they did last season, you know, making the playoffs. And then for some reason, I can't still to this day explain getting swept out of the second round by Carolina, um, which I was going to message you that the day that it ended. I was like, how the hell did you do that? How did you sweep the Penguins, make everybody feel good, and then go to Carolina? And it was just funny because I think there was – I don't remember what it was. I think it was Thomas Grice was being a little petty with somebody. It was either Grice or Josh Bailey was being petty with somebody on the Hurricanes. And it was like there was like this little – you know what I mean? Nelson. Nelson. Was it – yeah, I forgot what Nelson did. He – so (laughs) – I don't know if he meant to or not, but... It's Brock uh, Nelson. He means everything he does. But he scored a goal, <laughs> and he went over and tapped the goalies. He tapped Ward's head. Right. And I was like, <laughs> He, like, gave him a little, like, love tap on the head. Yeah. And the Hurricanes players were like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think at the I don't I think it was during the handshake line I think didn't somebody they booped him on the head yep (laughs) like so I was like you know you got that and it was disappointing because I felt like after the Islanders had beaten the Penguins and then Pitts and then Washington got knocked out I said because I wasn't thinking about Boston because I didn't realize how good Boston was oh they're insane this is I was like dude the Islanders going to go to the finals like this is going to happen like it's going to happen and then they get knocked out and I'm like are you kidding me because I was thinking, like, yeah, Columbus is going to take care of 
Boston because when Columbus won, I think it was game one in overtime. I was like, yep, Columbus is going to win. It's going to be Columbus versus the Islanders in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the NHL world is going to be pissed off. I'm like, me? Because I'd have been like, yo, I'm watching that series from the time it starts to finish because, like, it's Columbus. It's the Islanders. It's two Columbus has said no cup, so it's like. That would have been amazing. I feel like. Yeah, it would have been awesome. No, because honestly, that series would have gone seven because let's face it. When you, when you are playing with John Tortorella, it's going to be a grind-out series. So I knew that that was coming. But, you know, Boston was Boston. And Carolina was just – they were just on a roll that year. I think particularly, like, Peter Morazic and uh, McElhaney, were just, both of them were just on point in that, in that whole playoff run. No, McElhaney – I got to give it to him. He really stepped up his game and was really a brick wall against us. Yeah. Um, part of it was <laughs> – I don't want to – I'm not going to blame a whole series on refereeing. That's bullshit. But game what one game with the goalie interference, like, yeah. really – What was that, game really, two? Game that was game one. That was game one, right. And I think – I could tell from Islanders fans, they felt like once that happened, they would say, yeah, we, I don't think we got this. No, it was like after that, it was like we, we couldn't win. Yeah. But, um, like, not literally, but um, we just, like, with calls and things like that. But you know what? It doesn't excuse the rest of the series. Of course. The Islanders themselves just did not step up. And, I, you know, what? I'll give it to the Carolina Hurricanes. They really know how to read our team. Yeah. They really know how to play against our system. Yeah. And they can really systematically just come and, def- like, just destroy us. Like, even this last season, watching us play the Carolina Hurricanes, they just really know how to play against us. And they really, to me, are the scariest team if we were to verse someone in the Easter Conference besides the Bruins. Well, unfortunately, you'll have to hope that the Rangers beat them if you don't want that. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> First, you know, for me, you know, as one of a fan of one of the seven teams that didn't make it to the 24, which, doesn't, which didn't surprise me. I knew we weren't there. But I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like, there are teams that I want to see win this this playing round, but then there's also that fear of, like, what if they get the first overall pick or something? Like, we're, yeah. we're thinking, like, Detroit's not getting the first overall pick. Like, they've had such a bad season that they'll just not get it. Like, they'll just – Yeah, no, straight up. They'll get screwed. They'll drop – it'll be like Colorado a couple of years ago where they were like – they were just to get one and they got four. It was like, how they drop that far? But, you know, it's one of those things where there's always that team – and this can be for every team. There's always that one team that just seems to have your number every single time. And for us, it was – for a long time, it was Ottawa. Ottawa yeah. used to come in every single time and win. Even if we were up 4 nothing going into the third period, they would just somehow pull it out of their butt and, and win. And it was just, you know, one of those things. And I, and I think it's fair to say with the Carolina Hurricanes, with the Islanders, that's kind of not like they're kryptonite, but somebody that just gives them a hard time every time they face them. And it's just one of those sneaky teams. And I think Carolina is better this year than they were last year. Considering I do too. where they were. They're going to be a team like – they're, they're pissed off that they have to play the Rangers, but I think they'll take I, – I personally think they'll beat them. I think – no, I think the Rangers will win, honestly. Um, really? If you've watched the, like, the Carolina uh, Rangers series, the Rangers, for some reason, always have a step up against Carolina. Like, if the Carolina's crutch is the Rangers. Yeah. Um, that's the team that Carolina fears the most, in my opinion, where yeah. they've had just the worst luck against them. Like, if you watch in the recent seasons, like, just – dumb goals that go in for the Rangers and things like that where like it went up in the air and he like missed it with the glove and it went in behind his back like stuff like that where it's just like the crutch for the Carolina Hurricanes is the Rangers so to me this is going to be a really 
really interesting yeah. series between the Rangers and Hurricanes because I don't know who the hell is going to win because I feel both are systematically strong teams, but I feel like the Rangers just have that little bit of luck and maybe edge on the Carolina Hurricanes to where they might choke. Yeah, no, it's a good point. You know, we also have taken into consideration the Hurricanes have three or four guys that they got into trade deadline that haven't even played a game yet. I mean, I think yeah. Brady Shea played maybe three or four. Oh, my God. My my boyfriend who's a Rangers fan was like, thank God we got rid of Shea. Like, yes. I was like, I was like, he can't be. I was, I was thinking to myself, like, he can't be that bad. And then someone showed me his stats, and I'm like, yeah. No, he's, he's that, that he's bad. bad. <laughs> he is that bad. And they got a first-round pick for him, which I was like, so how the Rangers always trade? get, like, I was like, everything. Sammy Vodnin is better than and, – and, like, that was the other thing. Like, Sammy Vodnin was hurt, and he wasn't playing. And then the Devils traded him, and I said, how does – how is Carolina okay with training for somebody that wasn't going to play immediately? Now there might be a chance he might play when the playoffs start because he's mm. been, you know, he's yeah. recovered by this point. Well, all our injured guys back, I feel that. Right, and, and that was another thing Barry Trotz had mentioned. Like what he's really happy about is that he, he's going to have pretty much like a full-fledged team ready to go right from the start. And I think every team is going to benefit from that. I look at somebody like yeah. Columbus. Seth Jones, everybody's saying he is. He's they not have injury back. season over there, and especially like the Penguins. Yeah, the Penguins, yeah, freaking Penguins. But, you know, you know, with like Seth Jones, they were saying he's not going to be back until the middle of the playoffs. Well, guess what? Playoffs are starting in a couple, in a couple weeks. Yeah. He's going to be ready to go. Like yep. that, Columbus is going to be scary. I think Carolina is going to be a threat. I even think, like, I'm going to say this. I said this before. I think Vancouver is going to be really sneaky in the Western Conference. Mm, you, know, Vancouver, okay. you know, I think that that's one. I think that I wouldn't be surprised if Vancouver did really well. Chicago, I'm going to be honest. The fact that Chicago got in confirms to me that they're going to go in a long playoff run because both Kane and Taze are going to be motivated. They're going to say, holy crap, we're in the playoffs. We're going to go win. And I have no faith. They were going for that push. They were going for that push. I've never had faith in Edmonton. You can't convince me right now that Edmonton is going to pull that out. They don't have goaltending. Their defense is suspect. And they rely heavily on McDavid and Dreisaitl to do most of that stuff. And I'm sorry, like, if that's unfair, you know, so be it. But this whole playoffs format in general is just going to be more interesting than I think every any playoff series I've ever watched before. And that includes San Jose beating Vegas last year in seven after being down 3-1 in the series and then 3 nothing in game in game seven, which I, th- I don't think I ever – I don't think I ever cried more than, than after that series. <laughs> Because I'm sitting there in the dark at my, at, my, at my girlfriend's house, and I'm like, and like she, you know, she was a, she's a Vegas fan. Okay. And she was giving me crap the whole, <laughs> the whole game. And she's like, oh, it was okay. It was, <laughs> I'm sitting there, and it's like three nothing halfway through the third, and I'm like, we're really going to come all the way back just to choke again. And then it's like the Pavelski gets hurt, which yep. deserved to be five minutes. I don't care what anyone tells me. Mm-hmm. And then, they scored the first one, and I'm like, all right, cool. Like, they got one. Like, all right, bet. Like, they got one. Yeah. Like, maybe yeah. one. And then, like, less than a minute later, Hurdle scores, and it's 3-2. And, and like, I'm not – I just sit there, and I, my eyes just go, like <laughs> – And I looked at her, and she, she, she didn't want to look at me because she's – Yeah, no. Nope. <laughs> coming. And then it was tied, and I said, did we just come back from down 3 nothing in a span of three minutes? Like, and then yeah. it was 4-3, and I said, oh, my God. Like, there's no way. And, of course, then Vegas tied it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's going to come to overtime. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going to – and I feel like every five seconds I'm going to puke. 
because I'm like, they're going to lose in some heartbreaking bullcrap fashion. And then Barkley Goodrow scores. And I didn't even scream. I just fell to my knees, put my arms up in the air. I was just like, yo, we did it. And I thought that, and you know, and I'm like, it's just one of those years as a Sharks fan where you really thought that it was going to be their year. It's like, yeah, this is it. They're going to do it. They go against St. Louis. It's like, we beat them three years ago. We can do this. And then it didn't quite work out that way. No. <laughs> this year fell to crap. Pete DeBoer's gone. Uh, Pavelski's gone. Pavelski's gone. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. Your, your, your passion with Robin Leonard is like me with Pavelski. Like, okay. that hurt. Like, when, when they were like, oh, we don't have enough money to afford him, I'm like, no, 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 like, no, 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 <laughs> do this, like, don't. Denial, like, denial. <laughs> I said to my dad, like, when they announced Eric Carlson signed, I'm like, God damn it, they're going to, like, Pavelski's going to be gone. And, like, everybody's saying, oh, the team's still pretty much the same. I'm like, but you're missing that leadership. Like, Pavelski mm -hmm. is the leader of that team. People, like, they wanted, they wanted to win the cup for him, Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, everybody yeah. who just cannot, for the love of God, win a cup. Now, maybe Marlowe could win something with the Penguins. I don't know. But that was just, you know, again, I just think it, the bottom line with this whole thing is that this whole playoff series, and hopefully for the Islanders, it goes far. Because obviously you're going to be more wound up than maybe I am. Because I'm just I watching. Like, I could care less who wins. Like, I'm like, I just want to see good hockey. Like, I just want to see hockey. You're just, you're kind of like looking at the edge with the popcorn. Like, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, you know, it's game Game five between, like, you know, Columbus and Toronto. And I'm like, come on, Columbus, just, <laughs> just win. Cause then I kind of want them to first the Bruins, though. I want the Leafs to somehow, well, some way, yeah. even through random seating, versus the Bruins and lose. I'm talking to the people at the hockey pod, and we all agree. You know, this whole playoff format is set up so that Toronto could somehow not have to face Boston and then go to the final because they just are tired of Toronto screwing it up. But <laughs> if they lose, I'm telling you, I've told people, I said, look, it was crazy when Tampa lost to Columbus in four straight. If Toronto goes and loses three in a row to Columbus and gets knocked out immediately, that was worse than what Tampa did. Like, that to me is worse. Because I'd be like, we even set up the format just so you could go win, and you couldn't <laughs> even do that. And it's like... That'd be pretty funny, actually, not going to lie. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the Islanders, you know, as as a friend to you, I hope the Islanders go far. I mean, I appreciate it, it man. That it sucks from the standpoint of like no fans, and it won't be at the Coliseum, so it won't make you know it's, it's not. It'll be at like Vegas or Minnesota. Or, I think we're in Vegas. We're or in Vegas. Saskatchewan. I don't know. I'm waiting for that. I was waiting for Saskatchewan to be the the hub city. I'm like, yep, I want to see hockey there or like I was like North Dakota I'm like play it at North Dakota University we need that we need it really badly like I was thinking like I was thinking all these things and then I was telling my friend I said why don't we just play pond hockey in Alaska like why don't you just get all the teams go up to Alaska play in those outdoor rinks and I feel like people would enjoy the crap out of it like I feel like that would be fun but unfortunately my ideas don't get approved by the NHL so that's <laughs> so that's it but um but look, uh, it's been, sheesh, it's been an hour and a half, which is, which is by far the longest episode I've ever done. Okay. Great. Sorry, man. But, but Kim, thank you so much for thank taking you. the time to come on today. We really appreciate it. 
no problem. It's always fun talking with you, man. I mean, we started as friends and that makes it just so much better. Yeah, absolutely. And before I let you go, and I do this with all of my guests, I want you to kind of do a self-plug. Tell us where, tell the world where we can find more about you and, and get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, straight up. So um, my main platform is Twitter. You can find me at uh, islesgirl3. Uh, I talk mostly Islanders and do updates on Islanders hockey. So let's say you're not a big Islanders fan and you want more updates about it. You can definitely find it through me about players, things like that, if you want to get more of like a whole NHL view. Or if you're just curious and just want to say hi to a passionate hockey fan, you know, I'll say hi. I like responding to happy comments. Um, you can find me on YouTube, uh, same name, Isles Girl 3. I do, again, uh, I do a podcast where I talk a little bit about everything. Uh, I'm starting it back up um, when uh, playoffs start, so I'm going to be doing after every games, my takes on other playoff series, things like that, in Kim and the Crease podcast, which I'm really excited to start up again. Yeah. Uh, you can definitely find me there. Uh, and I also make Islanders edits for funds because I like editing. And so I made, I just made a video, my top 10 Islanders moments from the past mm -hmm. season. So you can definitely check that out. Check the Chicago vlog I made this past December. So I really appreciate it, Neil. And thank you so much for having me on. Of course. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, when, when that whole story came up, I said, I got to get her on here because I got to, I, I want to hear her, like, just talk about it and everything. Because I was like, if anybody is going to give me, straight skinny on how Islanders fans are feeling about everything, it would be definitely you. So I, I appreciate having you on today. Uh, we'll definitely have you on again, no doubt. Uh, when the Islanders win the Stanley Cup, we'll definitely have you back on uh, <laughs> talking, talking about it. So, so definitely. But, uh, but thank you again. We really appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, for listening today. If you actually got through the hour and a half, God bless you. Yeah, straight up. Usually you guys are used to me half hour, 45 minutes, and you're like, okay, you know, when is this going to freaking wrap up? But no, all seriousness, thank you guys so much for listening today. If you want to check out more of this podcast, it's on Anchor and Spotify. Just search my name, Neil Del Piano, or Mofobo Network, and it is right there. And you can listen to all the episodes that we've done. If you want to also, you know, check out, we have a Facebook page where, you know, kind of keeps you up to date with new episodes of the podcast. And also the YouTube channel as well, where we do a, you know, a weekly video. I just did one yesterday on Kyrie Irving's apparently um, player's own league. So you can get my thoughts on that as well. And the Facebook page tells you about the new videos and podcast episodes. Also, and I, I've been announcing this last couple of weeks, but make sure to go check out the Devil's State of Mind podcast, which is the official New Jersey Devils podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We post a new episode every Monday. So every Monday you can go on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, wherever, and go check it out. We have uh, another special guest coming on. Um, we're actually going to be recording tomorrow. So, you know, go check that out when it comes out on Monday. But it's going to be fun. We have some interesting things to talk about, particularly what's going on in the past hour that I can't seem to avoid. Um, but go check it out. We have a Twitter account at Double State. We have an Instagram at Double State of Mind. And we have a Facebook page as well where you can keep up to date with new episodes. And last but certainly not least, as I finish my, my paragraph and a half, um, you know, outro, uh, go check out my book on Amazon, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 which is about the pain and suffering of being a Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, <laughs> a football fan, just want to support me or anything else, go check it out. It's available for hardcover and ebook for the price of $19.69. And if you're a Jets fan, you'll probably figure it out why I chose that price. So for Kim Moisa, I'm Neil Villapiano. This has been another edition of the Mofobo Network Podcast, and we will see you in the next one. 
Everyone be safe. Thank you to all the essential workers, including you, by the way, Kim. So thank you. We appreciate you as well. And thank you.